that sounds a lot better on my end. Hopefully it's not echoing for you. Yeah, no, it's all clear on my end as well. Yay, perfect, success. <laughs> right on. Your, uh, your avatar right, is like extra expressive, I feel like. Do you have like the hand <laughs> stuff so you can you can gesture with the hands? Yeah, I can do the gestures with the hands. Um, unfortunately, sitting here, it's going to be hard because I have the, the sit button here. And That's so interesting. she keeps uh, moving up and down. So I'll have to be kind of careful with pressing it. Yeah, for sure. Did you do the... Um... Did you develop that yourself, or like how, I've always wondered how people get like custom, custom avatars like that? Yeah, yeah. So basically, for my avatar, I used something called Vroid Studio, and the way that Vroid Studio works is that it gives you like a preset anime style avatar, and then you can go in and customize the features almost the way you would in like a game like Sims, and then you can like change like the eye shape and change like how big or how tall your avatar is um and then for the hair you get to go in and do like all of the strands um individually then you take that model that you create in vroid studio put it into blender and then you can do all your like fine-tuning adjustments and stuff there and then upload it to vr chat so that's kind of what i do that's dope that's dope mm -hmm. did you learn um how to do like all the blender stuff through like tutorials and stuff yeah, pretty much. I wish I knew more about <laughs> Blender and things. I'm definitely not going to pretend like I'm uh, that much of a pro. I never used Blender or um, Unity or anything like that before kind of jumping into like uh, the VR, VTubing type of stuff. Um, but once I kind of got the hang of it, I can do like the basics and things now. So I'm still not super familiar with the programs, but I can kind of do the basics with getting my um, avatar in. I even made like a tutorial for people who also use Eroid. And I like to keep it like super friendly to beginners because I think most of the information that's out there is so like limited to specifically people who um, are already super familiar with like avatar creation and stuff. So it's really hard for new people to jump in without having some nice like beginner tutorial stuff. Right. Yeah. I was surprised. Like I, I set out to kind of like make a first like VR chat world, and I was I was a little kind of intimidated a little bit because it's. <laughs> You look at like some of the amazing worlds that people do, and, and I'm like, oh wow, that's that's crazy. But I was pleasantly surprised. I'd say it was extremely, extremely straightforward for the most part. I mean, I feel like they've mm -hmm. uh, the VR chat team has made it pretty pretty efficient for someone to just kind of create their own stuff. It's cool. For sure, I love the amount. I think that's the thing. Like, I probably spend more time in like a VR chat than I do like most other. VR like applications and I think that that's the biggest pull for me is it, it reminds me so much of something like Minecraft or uh, just any like sandbox or like DIY kind of creation game where you get to make your own things and that's the, such the pull for me is I love coming in here and then um, exploring like worlds that people make and I think that's so cool especially when they make things that they've seen like in their dreams or based off of like our favorite media like um, I love the Visit Legend of Zelda themed worlds and stuff because I'm a big Zelda fan. And so like exploring all that stuff, it just gets me so excited. I love to spend all this time here and um, seeing what people come up with. That's uh, the biggest pull for me. Yeah, 100%. The exploration is, is super fun. It does it does almost harken back Ooh. to like, yeah, uh, sort of the Minecraft days where you could go on like these websites and just see like these hundreds of creations from peoples around the world. Um how did you kind of get started in VR as a whole? Yeah, so VR as a whole. Um, I always knew like what VR was, um, but obviously it, it was always kind of like expensive and stuff back in the, you know, the 2020 20 teens. Um, <laughs> it was a bit of a 
bit of a, not a thing like a high school kid could do um, without saving up a bunch of money. So I, I kind of brushed it to the side and didn't care about it that much. But um, then the, the reason I discovered it is because I discovered my favorite clothing brand. It's called Cloma. It's this like high fashion Japanese clothing brand, um, which I'm actually wearing right now in VR. Uh, they put together these like virtual reality outfits and I was like whoa like that's so cool like my favorite brand has these uh, you know outfits and I could wear it virtually because it's very expensive in real life um so I decided that I wanted to make an avatar that was compatible with this program with that would um do the virtual reality fashion so I decided to make my VR avatar and then I was like okay now what do I do with this? I spent all this time making it, um, but what am I going to do with it? So I tried to find like things that were compatible with the avatar, and I discovered that VRChat, you could upload these Vroid, um, Vroid Studio avatars. And so I got really excited. I was like, okay, this sounds like something really cool. I can kind of play as myself, play as this model that I've made. And I uploaded it, hopped into VRChat, just playing desktop, and I started exploring all these worlds, and I was like, whoa, like... This stuff is so cool. I wonder what it would be like to actually explore like Hyrule in VR or or explore these people's like dream worlds and all these different things. And so I, I kind of decided from then, from that first time that I played VR chat um, on desktop, I was like, man, I need to have a VR headset. I need to get my hands on one. And um, thankfully for me, it was kind of around like a Black Friday time. And so they were having sales on like the Oculus headsets. It was like $50 off. So I got my dad and I was like, hey, dad, like what I really want for, for Christmas, I think, is going to be an Oculus. So he's like, OK, well, we'll pull together like all your Christmas money and that'll be like the one thing you get. And I was like, awesome. And the very first time that I put on that headset, like I like just went through this huge transformation. Like it, it just completely changed me that, you know, Christmas Day, <laughs> um, Christmas miracle. Uh, and I just started seeing the world in such a different way that I immediately became completely obsessed with it. I became super obsessed with what it represents and, you know, all the developments and technology. And it just feels like reality itself is different because of VR. And that really excites me. And so I started pouring a bunch of time and energy into learning about it and making that my my passion. Yeah, 100%. The That, that mention of sort of the... <laughs> Almost it, it is. It's like opening up the eyes to to this different layer of reality, um, especially like the when we think of like the the implications of, of VR on, on like a deeper level, because like right now it's like entertainment and we can we can almost use it to like communicate with each other or, or create content with each other. And then it's like, OK, how how will the world use it further? I think um I think the the fashion is definitely an interesting thing. I remember, uh, are you familiar with Grimes? Yes, I love Grimes. Yeah, great, great artist. But uh, it's interesting to see artists like that kind of start to <laughs> to bring the mainstream media into these different concepts, whether it be like virtual clothing lines and stuff. It's definitely cool. Yeah, it's super exciting. I love seeing um, kind of the mainstream, like you said, pick up pick up these things because I, I think it's kind of inevitable that at some point VR is going to be the mainstream. It is going to be the thing that kind of everybody does, you know, and I think you've talked before about how it's like kind of the new internet, right? Where it's starting off as, you, you know, this kind of niche thing that's slowly growing and slowly kind of going to take over. Um, and, and it's really exciting because you, you know that all these people who are picking it up now and, and putting it into like pop culture 
those things are what's going to lead us towards the future. And what those people are putting out there is going to have a huge influence on what actually does happen. Because as these technologies are being developed, um, the, the people developing them are, are looking at these, um, looking at this media and looking at this pop culture and kind of internalizing that and subconsciously being influenced by it. So I think it's an important thing to pay attention to what's being put out there and, and kind of what that means. 100%. Uh, I think a lot of the content you've been making is, it's been really interesting to kind of see your perspective as like a, a girl on the internet growing up, going through these different, these different concepts. Um, what to you is like the most interesting thing about VR personally? Um, the most interesting thing for me, I, I think is this kind of idea that I get to exist within another realm. And what's so interesting about that is that I start kind of having these questions about which kind of me is the real me. Um, it's this huge, huge pull because, like I said, for the very first time that I put on a VR headset, it changed me. And the specific moment that I would say that, that did change was I came into VR chat and I looked into a mirror as my virtual avatar. I looked into a mirror as me. And it, it was so surreal. Like that moment is kind of like burned into my memory forever. Because looking into the, the mirror, I didn't see something else. I saw this virtual representation of me. And, and I highly identify with this body. Like this body is something that I see just as much as an extension of myself as my real physical body is. And it becomes really interesting because we, we put so much weight on our physical bodies. Like we, we consider that a part of ourselves. When in reality, like now I'm having a kind of a kind of a swap where I'm putting my embodiment in this virtual avatar and I start constantly asking myself, is one more authentic than the other? Because I'm still controlling both. I'm still inhabiting both and I'm still the same me regardless of what I'm, you know, encapsulating. And I think that's what really gets me excited and really gets me um, thinking. And, and it turns a lot of gears in my head to imagine who, like, am I really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting concept because even I think that that idea, at least in a very early form, I think we we've kind of seen it in social media, right? Like like early days of Facebook or Twitter, MySpace, like. It's so easy to identify with the the little profile image uh, or, or the things that we send and, and type out. But now it's like, oh, wow, we actually are embodying that um, in every sense of the word. Yeah, exactly. We totally get to we get to create our own, you know, our virtual selves. We get to create the people that we are. And it's such a contrast to, um, you know, the, the real world, as we would say. Um, because you're, you're kind of stuck with your body, you know, you kind of, you get what you get, you don't throw a fit kind of a thing. Um, but through VR, we have this total power where you can be whatever you want to be. If you have enough money to like pay someone to create you an avatar, that avatar can be the representation of yourself. And, you know, you can have whatever hair color you want. You can be like an animal, you know, you don't even have to be a humanoid. Um, or you can create something totally abstract, like out of your imagination that, you know, you would never physically ever see. And it's such an interesting, such an interesting experience that you get to create yourself. You get to create what you represent yourself with and what, 
other people interpret you as. And I, I think it's a lot more authentic in that way because you're really experiencing the core of someone's being when they get full self-expression to, to show who they, you know, who they feel they are. And I think it's so much more of an insight into a person and into their personality than you would ever get just walking past someone on the street and seeing what they look like that way. Mm. I was talking to a, a friend the other day and <laughs> kind of on a similar topic where it's like for the first time we're seeing this like new medium where we're interacting with it in almost the, the same exact way that we interact with physical reality. So you can, you know, for example, have like a really deep, you know, conversation about like, you know, uh, <laughs> something super intense with a friend in a world. And in the background, you just see like Shrek walking past. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, it's this thing that completely pulls you out of the moment, but also keeps you in the mm -hmm. moment as well. It's, it's interesting. Um, it is interesting. Yeah. So like when, cause, uh, earlier you kind of touched on like the, uh, we're at the, the very inception of this technology. So when you imagine like yourself, like what, what type of content, if you could, like if you theorize in like 10 years, right? Cause you're making videos now, mm -hmm. but if you could, you know, keep making content and, and make a living from it, like what, what is your goal? Yeah. So I have a very kind of specific goal that I have in mind. Like this is something pretty, pretty well thought out. I think that I've had, um, but I would specifically love to develop my content into being, um, a full show, you know, so so what I have is the virtual reality show. And you know, my gag is like, I'm the girl in virtual reality who talks about anything in virtual reality. And I'd love to extend that not just to aspects of like, talking about certain topics, but I'd love to make it into an entire, you know, talk show or, or you know, entertainment kind of base where I would be able to um, bring in guests and bring in multiple forms of entertainment, whether that be like music or comedy sketches, um, or just having, you know, philosophical discussions, I would love to just pull in all forms of VR into one single kind of hub, you know, almost like you would think like a TV station would be, but kind of take that concept and evolve it into something, um, something totally virtual and a totally in virtual like environment. And I think the thing about that, the thing that we don't really get from watching like TV or YouTube channels, you have some sense of interaction. Um, but you don't really have this ultimate interaction, like you can't really be there, you can't really experience it. And the thing that's so cool about VR is you could imagine having something simulated in front of you. So, you know, like we're here in VR right now. Imagine if this as a podcast was being recorded and someone could sit over where the camera is and then watch us and experience that. And I think that's kind of the core of what makes VR so different as far as entertainment goes is that you get to be there you get to experience the entertainment and that's kind of my goal is to create something um that, that's this really immersive experience for people where they get to engage in the excitement because I have so much excitement for VR obviously um and I want to share that with people I want that to be something that gets them excited and wants you know inspires people to to innovate and to create and to experience and share and make VR a really positive thing. Because I think technology developments can be really scary, you know? Um, there's all these if, you know, ifs and buts that come with it. Um, but I think by focusing on positivity and bringing, you know, entertainment in such a, you know, uh, a bright light, I can, we can use that to create something really beautiful. And that's my goal is to lead us towards the better future for VR. 
That's rad. That's rad. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I think the, the style that you've kind of honed in on is, is definitely unique. I, <laughs> I was watching it and I love like the way you sort of like inhabit the avatar, like you're, you know, presenting, uh, bringing your arms around it. It's, it's, yeah, it's really well done. Um, the, uh, the specific one I was watching was the, uh, sort of the idea of the, the brain in the vat, infinite <laughs> life. I think it's, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. that's such an interesting topic. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the, the ever present myth of the, the fountain of youth, I think is like a, it's almost a, it's almost like, uh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I think there's an element of it that sort of embodies like, uh, you know, fool's gold. It's like a, it's like a fool's errand, but then you think, okay, if, if we do have the ability now to scan the brain, <laughs> right. To, to mm-hmm. get it to a certain level. And then you're adding like artificial intelligence onto that. And, um, and then you are interacting with the virtual world through a brain. It doesn't seem too far off that Mm-mm, we would be, you know, not using controllers anymore and, and smashing mm-hmm. around. It's, it's interesting. I think, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I think for me, that's one of the most interesting topics about virtual reality is this, you know, this idea that we, we could live forever, you know, and that's, that's mankind's biggest fear at our very core, right? Is our, our survival instinct is to stay alive, stay alive and reproduce. Those are two things. Um, and, you know, this idea of eternal life, we theoretically within, you know, the future, and I don't know how long, you know, all this technology would make. We could see it, you know, in our lifetimes, it could be 200 years from now. It could be another, you know, thousand. I don't know. Um, but, you know, we know that it's possible. It's something that is coming. And those technologies, you know, we see with like Neuralink and all that, we're seeing this this human to computer interaction that is being so tightly bonded that we are, at, we at some point are going to be computers, you know? Um, we are going to be so tied with them that it's going to become really indistinguishable as to what's what. Um, and we're already starting that development. And, and so it it's just so interesting that there is a chance that we will surpass that natural human instinct to be fearful of death. And it brings up, you know, obviously all these questions, all these concerns, what's right, what's wrong. Um, And obviously a lot of those can't really be answered. It just depends on your own personal morals, your personal ethics. But I I think it's really exciting. I think for me, that's something that I, I highly look forward to. I love the idea of becoming fully virtual. And I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't in part some of my goal is that I want to be fully virtual. I'm, I, I've created this transition for myself that in hopes that one day I can kind of fully envelop, you know, my being into like the cyber world. I think that's something that w- would be really interesting and, you know, open up all these possibilities to kind of create and, you know, great happiness and excitement forever. Um, but it's also a very scary thing. It's a very scary thing, the idea of living forever. But you know, obviously, it, there, there's so much to talk about. You can't even fit it all into one conversation, which makes it <laughs> makes it such a heavy subject. I could make episode upon episode of all the the things that come with it. But I'm I'm glad that you took special note of that one because that's you know obviously a topic that I'm very very passionate about. Yeah, for sure. It's it's um it's almost one of the the I think one of the the, the largest like existential questions because then okay we think we find ourselves 
inhabiting these two-limbed creatures and we have a, you know, a certain amount of time on earth. And then during the time on earth, it seems that the people that came before us have for the large part attempted to create a set of, of maps for us to use, to navigate into the world to say, okay, we can use, um, uh, the Christianity map, we can use the, the Buddhist map, we can use uh, an Icelandic Vikings <laughs> uh, rune map to to uh, to navigate. So then it makes me wonder, like, okay, the way I see it is, like, the ultimate goal for humans would be maybe to, to get off of Earth, to expand into the skies and the stars. But then once that comes, okay, I think the the moral <laughs> conundrums that we face today would almost transition over so you'd have like you know tribalism between people or or different groups and also the good you know you'd have great parties and stuff in deep space and and friends um but yeah i, I don't know where i was going with that but just kind of you know theorizing on on the uh the deep <laughs> concepts it's interesting yeah i do think you know we do have this, you know, kind of trajectory that we are headed towards, you know, we're, we're kind of headed towards like space and stuff. But I also think it's a good thing to imagine, you know, for just for fun, you know, even just the, the really long term, right? Is that eventually things will kind of dissipate and end, right? Like eventually there will be like an end to the earth and into human, like, you know, kind and all that. But you could almost imagine that we could set up for ourselves this kind of like virtual utopia that we use to almost like escape the end you know i think that's totally something that very science fictiony but also something that could relatively be possible at some point um if, if things keep developing you know mm. it, it is so interesting because there's there's so many things that you can think about but we're at such a weird point in time too where we're just now kind of crossing into this territory where we don't really know exactly which direction things are going to be headed. And it's never going to be anything we expect either. It's always going to go in a <laughs> in an unexpected way. I think that's just part of part of being human. Um, yeah, it almost would be boring also, if, it didn't, you know, if it was just straightforward and we knew exactly where it was heading. And it'd be like, ah, oh, this is, this is, let's find a new game, you know? <laughs> it's the story of humankind and we got to make it interesting, so... <laughs> But yeah, I wanted to touch back on your point too. Well, like um, talking about like Christianity or, you know, Buddhism and these different kind of ways that we perceive the world. I do also see it totally as something that, you know, this kind of like virtual simulation kind of mentality is going to start becoming almost like a new religion in a way, I think, where where people are going to start believing, you know, more into like the matrix or the simulation versus something like a traditional religion and whatnot. And I think it's so interesting to see how, like, um, we, we kind of form belief systems around what we know. And I do think that if what we know is VR, we'll kind of see a change in, like, the spiritual aspect of um, of humans as well. And it'll be kind of intertwined with the internet as well. Yeah, 100%. Because, like, you think, okay, there's, let's say, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, a person born into a specific culture really only had access to their culture's interpretation of reality, right? But now it's like, okay, all of the information is now just a, a Google click away. It's really the only in, in, inhibition towards, or the only roadblock towards uh, learning something is the individual, if they want to learn and put the time in. So yeah, it's, it's, I could almost imagine like a, um, 
a specific religion or belief system either a structure of of going about the world that's almost based on these these symbols that we see like these these fictional uh symbols that we've seen in books we've seen in films or uh, any any given medium but then we'll almost see it like transition and and be embodied through the the new vr medium mm -hmm. totally i think you know we we kind of love the familiar and we also love placing like weight on things we love um putting putting meaning in things you know we love as humans to to take something and kind of read between the lines even if they're not, not necessarily is something there um and i think it's really interesting too the when you said before that you know if you grew up in a certain kind of culture you know years ago you were kind of stuck believing whatever that belief system was because that was like your reality that was what you knew um, but the the difference between then and kind of what we're leading into as a society is that you no longer are stuck experiencing a predetermined reality, but you get to create your own reality. And there's such a big difference in that. There's such, it's you know it's two complete extremes: something pre-made for you versus something that you get to you know manipulate. You can create virtual worlds, virtual avatars, whatever, you get to experience reality however you want. And I think that's going to expose so much of who we are as people at the core. Um, more so than the pre-structured belief systems that we've had throughout, you know, human history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that immediately brings up an additional thought to that is, is like, okay, I think, I would say that part of growing up is learning how to navigate the world and almost create your own reality or at the very least create your own foundation for building a life in the physical reality. I think, well, I think, or at least I would, I would hope for and what I think will happen is you gotta love the, oh, <laughs> just fell off the face of the earth. It's great. Oh, there you are. <laughs> it's great to to be able to to create a reality where it can fall off into an infinite void oh, in yeah, the middle that's of the, the most conversation. Exciting part. It's great, yeah. I love the infinite void. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you learn a lot down there. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the the idea of like okay, learning how to navigate the physical world can almost, or at the, at the very least, like learning how to manifest the best good in the physical world. That's what I would say is like the, the goal. So we can almost then imagine ways of manifesting that through VR. Like, like um, the biggest example I would think would be like fitness apps. Like I, I really enjoy like <laughs> virtual fitness stuff. Cause that's like, it, mm -hmm. it's something you can do in, in virtual and then yeah it, it sort of has this, this benefit <laughs> in the physical world um, yeah yeah it's it's uh it's almost like a an effect then that we see where vr is being shaped by obviously the physical world because people are creating it but then it can also have i think a, an effect on the physical world where 
uh, it could be a, a positive for the individual if they seek it out, or, you know, it could also be a negative. I think it's, it's almost like a tool. Definitely. I think, you know, just like any other technology, there's, you know, these really strong pros, but there's also these really strong cons to it. Um, you know, it, it's a great tool. We totally can use it. You know, I know all the stories of people who played Beat Saber and they lost more weight playing Beat Saber than they did going to the gym, you know? Um, and you can see how it engages people in this new way that, that can help, you know, their their real-life situations. By using, you know, virtual reality, I did a whole episode on um, social anxiety and how people can basically use VR chat as, like, a um, exposure therapy to, to learn social interaction in a more realistic way to help them feel less anxious in their day-to-day -day lives. You know, there, there's all these great impacts that come from the VR world that can then be taken and applied to the real world as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just so interesting to see how each one interacts with the other, you know? Because I, I think it is kind of a tendency to, to see things in black and white and see things as like, oh, something is either virtual or not virtual, you know? Um, but it's very important for me and kind of like my whole my whole gig that I do is that I'm trying my best to kind of connect the real world to the virtual one by being both like a, a virtual girl and um, a real girl right now. And I think it's important to kind of enjoy the journey as we, um, you know, descend into this virtual reality, as you would say. Yeah, um, definitely. It's like... Uh... I think also we're seeing that transition with like a lot of the economy even of the first of the first world country because you think like okay it's like, like YouTube as an example there's like so much money flowing through YouTube or, or Twitter or Facebook but it's like most of that money is just numbers you know <laughs> like on computers uh, it's not even you know actual physical paper it's it's uh, but it has an effect on the physical world uh, so it is like you know we're right it's such an amazing time to be alive you know right in the middle of the transition pretty cool no i totally love that um i've always felt like really really lucky because so i was born in the year 2000 and so growing up i didn't necessarily have a lot of internet access that was kind of like the beginning of the interwebs i i was you know around it but um i didn't have a cell phone until i was in high school i didn't really have like a ton of virtual interaction but but i had things like my ds and stuff and so I, I kind of grew up alongside technology as it developed and it's only a very specific group of you know group of people in time that are going to be able to kind of experience what it was like to grow up as a kid in both kind of the the pre-internet age and during kind of the golden internet age and i think like I, i'm very thankful for that because kids who are growing up now they're completely immersed in the virtual, you know, the internet and, you know, they're growing up alongside of it. And then people who are older than me, you, you know, they didn't really have the internet in the way that we do now. And so things were kind of different in the way they grew up. And so I feel really special in the way that I got to experience kind of both and, um, you know, see both for kind of, kind of what they are and see the differences. I think it's so interesting and, you know, we like you said we're living in this weird in between age that's that's so cool it's so beautiful to experience yeah absolutely i i remember my parents would put restrictions on my brother and i's usage it was like you know <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't <laughs> use like the tv or or the internet yeah during the week 
but then the weekends were like totally. oh, yeah we can we can dive in so it's funny mm-hmm. um so how did you kind of get into talking you know like uh have, have you always been a performer uh like theater did uh, you do theater in high school or anything? <laughs> yes i did do theater in high school i was also um a cheerleader people always kind of giggle at that because it makes a lot of sense um yeah i've always loved talking that sounds awful like i love talking um but i do <laughs> um uh, my favorite thing was always in school is when teachers would ask us to read i was never a kid who would raise my hand that much i didn't really like being too involved in class i kind of thought it was stupid um but just to spare the other kids of the you know the boringness of somebody reading like you know in their slow monotone voice i'd always volunteer i'd be like please let me read out of the textbook don't do popcorn just let me handle it um and people would always come up to me and be like sophie i am so much i'm so glad that you got the read today i mean it's so much more interesting for me and so i think this kind of affirmations growing up always kind of fed my uh you know my self-confidence in that way and so then you know once i was in high school and i was doing theater that gave me a lot more practice to kind of conquer the nerves same with um cheerleading is i was literally you know doing physical activity in front of a large group of people which is terrifying for me um but I was able to kind of conquer that and then utilize those skills, you know, because what I do with the virtual reality show is that I basically pull in all of my talents and all of my different skills that have accumulated over the years and use them together in one, you know, one kind of conglomerate of, you know, ways. Um, but yeah, I, I love talking. I love trying to my best, you know, like I said before, like my biggest thing is I just want to bring excitement. I want to bring enthusiasm to vr and i think i am a very enthusiastic um enthusiastic person i'm very expressive with my you know how much passion i have and i I feel like i'm able to kind of use that to help other people get excited and to to be positive about things and um i'm really thankful for that skill and i hope that i can kind of like utilize that to the max yeah 100 percent. did you uh did you get into like any fictional stuff about vr um, I, I, mm, I, you know, I watched like SAO when I was younger and, you know, Ready Player One, stuff like that, of course. I, I try my best to kind of, you know, read media and stuff when I'm able to, but, but it's kind of hard for me just because I wasn't interested in it for so long. It wasn't until, you know, Christmas that I got my VR headset, which, you know, six months ago, that really isn't that long of a time. Um, but I tried my best to kind of fill, fill in the gap apps with media um I- i've read a lot more like books and stuff like uh i read this one book i don't know if you would have ever heard of it but it was called like get real by philip zai um, no, I haven't heard and that. that one was from i'm pretty sure that was like the year 2000 or maybe like a couple years earlier and it's all about the philosophies of virtual reality and so i was kind of finding things like that at my you know my college's library and and just reading into it and getting really excited so as far as fiction goes, not necessarily so much, um, but I'm always trying to kind of fill in the gaps more. Like uh, my friend got me an Amazon gift card so that I can start watching Ghost in the Shell once I finish up the, um, another show that I'm on. So I'm excited for for doing things like that. I love fiction too. I'm a big like, you know, like Narnia, Harry Potter, Star Wars, all, you know, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the uh, the philosophy books about about VR are interesting because it's like how did we're it's it's so new that it's almost like we are <laughs> kind of kind of writing these things as as we figure them out right um all these concepts are are so new 
Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there any specific ones that uh, you'd say are the most interesting to your to your mind right now? Mm, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Jokingly, I want to say Lawnmower Man. That one scarred me for. <laughs> <laughs> that would scarred me for life. <laughs> yeah, quintessential, <laughs> quintessential cheesy nineties. Yeah, that yeah. one really makes you think. So let's just say that. Um, <laughs> it's a weird one. Um, uh, yeah, that one is very goofy. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, I've been reading the book that I'm reading right now is not necessarily a virtual reality book, but it's called Siberia by Douglas Rushkoff, and he writes. He's a social media theorist. And he wrote this, you know, early 2000s. I don't know why I'm obsessed with that, like, you know, the Y2K period of, you know, media. I think it's really cool. Um, but he, he wrote that back then about internet culture and kind of this, like, you know, this this other reality of which we exist in, which is obviously, you know, all I, all I talk about. Um, <laughs> and he, he relates internet culture to, like, psychedelics and um, science and kind of connects the three. Um, and it's really interesting. It's really interesting to read about how some of the the greatest thinkers and greatest developers and the people who worked at Google back in the day were also the hippies who were taking, you know, psychedelics and um, thinking about, like, VR-style-esque, um, you know, themes and topics. And so while it's not necessarily VR, I do think it's really important to the message of VR. And so I've been connecting and, like, resonating with that. That's interesting. Yeah, the... Um... I think immediately like the almost the visual aspect of that route can relate uh, almost almost one for one to to VR. There was there's an interesting guy. Uh, have you heard of Terrence McKenna? Uh no. Yeah, so kind of he's a little more like during the the 60s uh during the I'd say almost the introduction of like LSD mushrooms to the United States. So it was kind of like this huge culture clash, uh, understandably so, because it's like, okay, there's this new substance that people are going crazy on, but also having these profound spiritual experiences. But he also was, was kind of alive during the time of like the very early days of VR. So I don't even know if the, the first like head tracking device was made, but it was kind of like in the under undergroves. Right. But he had the, had the thought that we're almost seeing manifest today where it's like the, the new thing that will be sold and created by artists or creators is almost closer to a memory or an idea it's almost closer to going into the artist's mind than it is uh, looking through a window or, or reading through a book. And it's not to say like, you know, we're, we're throwing away all the other mediums, but it is like this additional thing where it's like, okay, um, it, it, the, the other, the person outside of the individual can now be brought into the individual's mind more so as the tools develop to create those worlds. Totally. I think imagination has always been something like hugely important to me, um, just in general. And that is like one of the, the really cool things about um, VR is creating these virtual environments that we get the experience. And, you know, I think I, I mentioned before with, you know, traveling around in VR chat to these different worlds, you're, you're literally getting a glimpse inside of people's minds, you know? 
and what's going on in there and what they want to experience, what they have experienced, what they, you know, can come up with. And for me, there's nothing more like raw and amazing than experiencing other people's imagination. And I think, you know, we're we're kind of coming out of this weird time period in history where we kind of um have like stabbed imagination with, you know, a knife over and over again. We're like, no, no, no. You do your nine to five, you go, you do this job, um, whatever, you do your surviving, um, you get by. And, and kind of killed, you know, imagination and replaced it with um consumption, you know, instead of creating, we we stared at television, we stared at our phones. And I think VR kind of revitalizes that the aspect of creation in us. And we kind of get the set aside um working in a traditional way that that almost kind of kills, you know, the creative side of our brains. And you can do maybe those more boring tasks kind of in a in a different way that's stimulating those parts of your mind that are just made to create. And I'm really excited to see that transition because um it's something I highly value. Definitely. There is um there's a book I was reading. It's kind of more on the, uh, uh, or it, it gives a look at like the entertainment side of VR. So the the setting is like, okay, the year's, uh, I think it's like 2037 or something, but they have this full dive device that most of the world is like consuming media, right? So the the AI is sort of, you know, uh, established and, and is able to maintain the economy without, really needing the nine to five for the individual. So then you think, okay, I think that's probably pretty likely. Like, well, a lot of the jobs will be able to be replaced. And then we're going to have like a, perhaps a, a large portion of the population that is now being paid by the government and, and is sort of left to, to figure out like what to do with life. So yeah, it, it's almost like, yeah, we, we might see this, this huge, split and i think we almost are seeing this where creators that it's it's a little easier to become a creator now and 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 start using these tools to develop stuff and then the flip side of that is then there's going to be a lot of time <laughs> for people to consume stuff i think we saw that with uh the shutdown across the world that happened you know mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting to see how people, you know, we love our entertainment. We love our, our consumption. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think we are meant to be, you know, creators and doers as people. And so it's really important, I think, to, to as a person, sit down and really, really make sure you're doing things that do stimulate your brain and that you aren't just constantly eating and consuming and taking in information but taking in the information and then, you know, recycling it into new ideas and new things, I think um, it's a very healthy, healthy experience for for an individual to have. Hundred percent. I'd I'd hope that um, it'd be almost more accessible to be able to for an individual to to like example go to go to a college or or have access to the the world's best professors and. Uh, you know, learning this stuff right from the home. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting. For sure. I think VR school is a huge thing that's going to come eventually, especially because of the, the shutdown. People are understanding now that um, the traditional 
classic education isn't necessarily the, the most effective or isn't necessarily the way that things need to be anymore. Um, and I hope to see that VR can kind of replace some of that, where you can be in a learning environment and learn things in a more efficient way that's more catered to the individual. Because I think that's a lot of the appeal in things like homeschooling um, is because you kind of get this more individualized experience. You get to take the things that you're good at and, you know, kind of run with that. And you don't really get that as much in a public education system. But if you had a more personalized VR system, you wouldn't necessarily have to have your parents teach you, but you could go to school in a digital way and still learn those, you know, get those same benefits that people would get from um, being homeschooled and stuff. So that's something I'm I'm very, a huge, very huge supporter of. Yeah, definitely. Like, God, anything would be sitting in a, a classroom with like the, <laughs> the bright oh, white lights shining down. Uh, it's brutal. my nightmares yeah. were you homeschooled um i was homeschooled until seventh grade um and then my my mom kicked me into public school because my my whole family is very dyslexic um they didn't realize it with, with me but my brother when he's three years younger than me so when he was you know kind of maybe like third or fourth grade he was really struggling to read and stuff and my mom decided that she couldn't really take the time to help me do school as well as my little sister who was starting kindergarten so she decided to focus on my brother and then have me transition in public school which is a very like oh god i can't even explain that <laughs> going from homeschool to public school in middle you know and that middle school you know age was, was very very hard but I, I learned a lot and I, i'm really thankful that i got to experience both because i can see the flaws in both and the goods in both i've experienced them both firsthand so yeah, I can't imagine. That's got to be like a huge <laughs> transition. I, I, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was also homeschooled from, uh, I'd say like third mm. grade to uh, eighth, and then mm. uh, the area I'm around had like a, uh, like a sort of a hybrid school, so it was like one day a week. But even that, it's like, yeah, the kind of seeing the the difference between learning in a in a home environment and at home. There's definitely benefits. Um, the social is, is a huge one, being able to actually see your teacher and, um, and your, your fellow classmates. It's... Totally. I think the face-to-face -face is kind of the, at least in my mind, that was the only real good thing about <laughs> public school for me was, you know, I think um, some of my best friends that I have right now, I wouldn't have, you know, got to ever meet them if I hadn't gone to public school. And so I'm really thankful for that. I wouldn't trade it. But I do miss that I didn't really get, I, I do feel like, in a very sim like, simple way, I, I kind of got stupider when I went to public school. I, I could feel that I was just repeating the same subject matter over and over again when I could have been developing the things that I was good at at a way quicker rate and, um, you know, really been excelling in certain areas that I never got the chance to because I was so busy with busy work, you know, um, which is kind of a shame, but that, that's just, you know, part of the part of the gig. It's the trade off. You get you get to have friends, but you don't you know, you don't learn as well. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely rough. I think, um, I think we're actually, I might get into conspiracy theories here. So don't, don't judge me mm -hmm. too hard, but I think, I think nah, we're, almost, I'll, I'll eat it up. <laughs> <laughs> I would think we're almost in the, oof, the destruction, not destruction or the transition of like brick and mortar schools to, to home stuff. Cause it, is a good point. Like the, the, the face-to-face -face is 
one of the main things and you, and you think like, okay, maybe like a decade, 15 years, however long the timeline is when, when this, what we're doing now becomes, uh, completely easy to, to plug into and, 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 uh, is less janky than uh, it is now. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, then you have this shared thing that a student can, can enter. And then if they have a good home life, they can, they can exit. Um, even if they don't have a good home life though, I think I would hope that it would be structured in a way that would, yeah, give that opportunity for, for the individual to start learning on their own. Cause it is like the way it's set up. I mean, it's basically made to, to create factory workers, like, uh, almost, almost mm-hmm. brainwashing to, to do these repetitive things, not really think for oneself. That's not to say all teachers are like that. I mean, there's, there's the great ones that are keeping the torch alive, but I, I'm hopeful at least that the foundations for a better education system worldwide are going to be laid by the, the VR. Yeah, I really hope so. I, I really think it's going to be a better, a much better system for the individual. But, but like you said, I do think, um, we kind of create factory workers with the way that education is systemized um, at this given point. And so it, it is kind of, it is worrying, you know, people aren't taught critical thinking skills. They're taught to be told something and then, you know, spit that back out. Um, yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad to, to see those kind of things being taught. And I, I really do hope that the VR keeps growing. It keeps, you know, finding its way into education. I think that'll be a huge um, overall improvement, you know, just for people as a whole to, to get that experience. I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's kind of naive to um, expect our single system to be the way that it's going to be forever. You know, I, I think a lot of people kind of get things in their head where they're like, oh, well, this is the way we know it. This is the best way. This is the way we have to do it. Um, when in reality, things are always changing and they should change and we should adapt to the changing times, to the changes in technology, and, and education is no exception to that. It, it needs to be changing to follow um, advancement. Very well said. I think, uh, yeah, we, t- we touched on mm. some, some deep concepts. It was, this was a really nice conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I had a very nice time. Uh, this is like my favorite thing is talking about all this stuff. So I appreciate you uh, sitting through and being able to um, carry such a nice conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you're one of the the creators in the in the community in the YouTube space that have a, a really unique voice, and I look forward to to seeing more of your content in the future. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I totally, you know, I, I'm super honored. Obviously, a big fan of your stuff. So, um, thank, thank you for having me, and I promise I'll I'll do my best. So, hopefully, you can watch and uh and see me bring kind of my vision to life. And yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and that's what. Have a good weekend. Thank you, you too.